like they're lining up. Well, they're excited. Hi, guys. Welcome back. You already know what it is. We are the sons of Mjolnir. I'm Gorgon. I'm Fat Thor. And I'm Cop. And today we're here to talk to you guys about Thor, Love and Thunder, Thor 4, all the Thors. Let's <laughs> go. How do you guys like the movie? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, you guys already know what I thought, and I'm going to give a little quick warning for the whole episode. Take my opinions with a little grain of salt, because obviously I have some bias. So I want to hear from you guys first. So overall thoughts, like, you know, just we'll get into the nitty gritty stuff, but just your overall first opinion after you saw the movie. What'd you guys think? Gorgon, you want to start it off? Um, yeah, I, you know, I walked out of the theater and I was like, that was good. I Twitter, you know, I feel like has tore the movie apart for a month before the movie even came out. And that that kind of feels not fair to a movie, right? That that people already made up their mind before it happened and were tearing it apart online. So I went in just really wanted to see for myself what was up with the movie as a member of comic Twitter and see how it was. And I remember walking out thinking that was fun. That was a good movie. It wasn't this thing comic Twitter made it out to be. Obviously I enjoyed it enough that I bought this sick Thor Love and Thunder t-shirt, right? That, that I got lucky that my theater had, you know? Yeah, shirt gang today. And it, <laughs> You know, it's uh, it, it was fun. I had I, I had my qualms with the movie. Jane was done well. I I wish we would have got you know a little more out of her. I wish we would have got more out of Gore. And I think when I hear criticisms for the movie, in my opinion, what I think would have fixed it is an extra thirty to forty minutes of runtime. Um, I I think for me personally, I think we're past the age where short comic book movies make sense. Where we're we are deep into phase four. Right. Let's not pretend like phase four just started. We are four phases into an over decade long multiverse story and universe. At this point, short movies, in my opinion, only hurt the movie because we need more details. We need more info, more connectivity. If this would have been a phase one movie, I think it would have been dope. Right. I beyond for the length. But I think for being in phase four, we needed that extra 30, 40 minutes of runtime to flesh out some story details. Outside of that, I still loved it. I, I still thought it was great, man. I had things that I loved. I've gone back to see it twice. Cap, you're going to go see it for like the third time today. So obviously, you know, we're, we're all digging it. You know, Cap, how was it for you? I am um, overall, like, I really enjoyed it. Um, I agree with most things you say uh definitely need a longer longer runtime for sure um but overall like i enjoyed it for what it was but at the same time it was missing something it was missing a good bit um i felt some of the serious moments were overwashed by humor like there wasn't too much humor like there wasn't too many serious moments that were overwashed by the humor but at the same time those serious moments they didn't really hit the way I wanted them to hit. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I can agree to that for sure. Uh, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was fun. For what it was, it was fun. Mm -hmm. um, like Gorgon said, for a phase four film, I think it should have lasted a bit longer. Should have had a bit more of an impact with the villain and Jane. I don't think Jane should have... Spoiler. I don't think Jane should have kicked it so early. 
Um, <laughs> I, I say we maybe could have got another film, maybe another two films out of her, mm-hmm. uh, a solo or something, even a Disney Plus series, you know. But um, well, I think I have some thoughts on Gore. that. We'll get into that for sure. Nice, nice. <laughs> but what were you gonna say about Gore? Um, Gore, I really liked him, but again, I don't think he should have kicked it sorely. Like he has mm-hmm. so much potential to be a multi-movie villain. I don't think it should have been one and done. Yeah, absolutely. I agree basically all around with both with what both you guys said. And I think my same criticism is the same as you as you guys. And I think I could go deeper into some other things that maybe might have not hit me as well as I may have wanted it to. But I really think that all of those little nitpicks that I could even think of all comes back to the initial main criticism of like you guys are saying was the time limit. I really think like I feel when I say this, a lot of people might take it as like, oh, well, of course, the, you know, the Thor fan wanted a longer movie, which of course, yeah, I do. But I'm saying I mean that as a criticism in the sense of, like I said, I really think that an extra maybe 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes could have really helped the film flesh out a couple more things, add a little bit more depth to gore and James. Anybody watching or listening, I just want to point out exactly what Brother Thor said. If you want to like say, oh, he's just a Thor fan, that's why he wanted. How many minutes did you say it should get? An extra what? Like 20, 25. And I, not the Thor aficionado, am saying an extra 30 to 40 minutes. I want more. So if y'all are holding that criticism, Tim, for bias, you're wrong because I want even more than the Thor guy wants. Like I said, hey, I'll take two more hours if that's what they'll get. (laughs) To be reasonable here, you know what I mean? But no, like you said, I, I really do think that that extra time would have helped kind of flesh a couple things out. And plus, too, I think what a lot of people don't realize, too, I've seen a lot of criticism about the book being different than the movie and how they left all this stuff out of the book, which, you know, we'll kind of get a little bit more into. But I would like to just say real quick, you know, Jason Aaron's Thor run lasted for seven years. And there's like at least like almost 36 issues, if not, I probably am missing a couple, but at least 36 issues that cover Gore, Jane as Thor, her eventual fall as Thor, and then her coming, like setting up her return as Valkyrie. So there is a lot of material that they had to fit into two hours. So while there are things like gore and a lot of the Jane stuff that I obviously would have loved to get more into, given the two hour time constraint of the film, I think personally, I think they did a really great job of taking the real kind of main themes of that run and condensing it into, like I said, that two hour mark. Is there things that I wish we saw more of and got more in depth to? Of course, obviously. But I also understand that this is a movie that has a certain limit. We don't have seven years to go through the entire story arc like Jason Aaron did. So I would say I think they did a really great job with adapting the kind of main themes from the book into this movie and into the MCU. I agree. I I feel, um, like you said, most of the main themes from the, the run overall has been adapted well. I just... Again, I think they should have fleshed out a bit more. But like you say, yeah, the main agreed. themes were there. 
Mm -hmm. And I'll also say too, really quickly before we move on, because I know we got to move on here, but a lot of criticism I've been seeing about Gore specifically is, oh, how are you going to have Gore the God Butcher and you don't even show him butchering gods, like he only kills one God. I am going to argue and I'm going to throw this into the argument. If you read Jason Aaron's run, a lot of the actual God butchering happens off page. A lot of what we see is the aftermath of Gore's rampage and Thor kind of investigating the gods that are already dead. We don't really see him killing a lot. I mean, we do see a couple more than we do in the movie, but right. it's. I think the movie did actually a really good job of kind of, again, condensing that kind of rampage. And we saw really the main ones, which are Falagar, the big giant one. And then we saw the glimpse of the ones that he like were had him hanging on the raptors. Those that are mine. Exactly. And in my opinion, obviously there's a couple more, but in my opinion, those are like the two main ones from the books that like, at least from my memory that I was like, oh shit, like this dude's serious. So like I said, I just want to throw that out there. I think it was, they did actually pretty good job with that. And, but moving on, I said my little piece about that. Moving on, I want to hear, so we talked about our initial impressions, our like little criticisms, but I want to hear what was your guys' favorite moment from the movie? If you guys had to pick like one moment that really stuck out to you or like after you saw the movie, the one kind of thing that you were really thinking about, what would it be? Cap, I want to hear from you first. Let's, what do you think? Um, a main part that stuck out. Um, I don't necessarily have a favorite part that stuck out, but the main part that stuck out for me was probably I probably whenever Thor and Zeus were, you know, discussing and that that whole dynamic that was so yeah. funny. I loved it. It's like. That, um, He's like, chill out, baby cake. Have some wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, um, I've seen a lot of criticism that MCU Zeus is uh is is just a a drunken playboy, right? Isn't that Zeus in mythology though? Thank you. I I it's a running joke that all the problems come from the fact that Zeus was drunk and couldn't keep it in his pants, right? Literally. I okay. Well, we literally just got that on screen right i would you rather this misinterpreted story where he's this like all-powerful god all the time and super serious all the time because the man wasn't he was turning into animals to go like you know do do the deed with humans right he's like hey y'all should stop that but i'm gonna go turn into a goat because that one's looking feisty <laughs> like yeah. i I would argue that this is probably the most accurate Zeus interpretation that we've seen on screen. In the accent, but the accent actually made it for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert on Greek accents, so I don't want to like say Same. if it was like accurate or not, but I just appreciate the accent in general. I feel like a lot of times when you have people playing like not even just Zeus in particular, but, you know, some other pantheon gods like they don't have an accent of where that God is supposed to be from. And that just kind of, I always thought weird. So I just appreciate that they gave, you know, a Greek God, a Greek accent. It just kind of makes sense. Most of the time it's usually an American accent. They have. Exactly. <laughs> a stupid ass Americans. Nailed Gorgon, it. Gorgon, what was your favorite part? If you had to pick one moment from the film. 
I'm, you know, I'm a, this is going to sound a little double deja vu for you and any of our listeners who's listened to us on MC Rewind. If you guys haven't checked it out, please go listen to those guys. They're super bomb dudes. It was a blast for, for me and Brother Thor to be able to be on their show and, and to be able to play their game with them. Um, not to brag, but I did get the highest score ever on the MCU Rewind show for best predictions. He which means me I'm going to be insufferable. And I'm and I argue still that that Darcy question that was that was some snake shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, for, for I digress. Me, the 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 moment that in this movie that stood out the most for me, and y'all can call me a hopeless romantic. You can call it what you want, um, right? But when Odinson is on the boat and they're traveling, and he's telling Jane and giving her that heartfelt speech about how I'm in love with you and you're worthy because you made me worthy and I don't care that like Mjolnir's chosen you I've accepted it right you are a Thor and I love you despite everything going on I don't care where we go from here like all we have is like today this moment tomorrow like I ate that shit up because in order for that moment to exist he had to go through a lot of emotional growth right like i and we see him in the movie processing and thinking and talking with korg about and and talking to mjolnir about his relationship with jane and how he's loved her and has always loved her and she's the one that got away and he he never got to vocalize that we see that you know he left because he didn't understand his feelings he had to grow to get that he had to grow in the movie and accept that mjolnir was no longer his hammer that that mm-hmm. Mjolnir was was someone else that it had made for and and chosen as worthy and that he had a hand in it he had to grow a lot in order for that one romantic scene to happen that scene was so much more than just that moment to me that scene was the accumulation of everything else in that movie leading up to it mm-hmm. and i i really like that moment i Hopeless romantic, absolutely. But I still love that moment. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. And the way that you even just articulated it, I mean, I couldn't have even said it better myself. That scene, really, I think that one scene kind of encapsulates a lot of, like, Jane's story and Odinson's story. You know what I mean? And the whole, because before the movie came out, we had this kind of discussion before, you know, uh, the whole worthiness thing. And like, since Odinson is worthy, then, you know, how does Jane come in the picture? And that line when he says, you know, Milnir chose you back when I, you know, was sent to earth and, you know, I was, you know, made human, your love is what made me worthy. So obviously you're worthy. And like you said, it just, that just kind of line and that scene, it really does hit you home. And for those people that say that this movie is just laughs and gaps, which don't get me wrong, it definitely is. Definitely I, is. Would, I would direct them to that scene and say, you know, watch this and tell me the movie does not also have heart, you know? There's another part that really stands out for me. Um, it's another emotional, like pretty emotional part. It's whenever, um, all the kids are missing and Thor's like going to find them, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And Heimdallson, what, Axel in it? He, Axel um, Heimdallson. He finds them and then Thor's standing in the cage with them, talking to them, reassuring them it's going to be okay, we're, we're on our way. That mm-hmm. part really got me. You know, that was, I really liked that. It was nice. It's like, there may have been some humor to it, but at the same time, 
it's kids you have to deal with kids in a different way from adults yeah you know absolutely. i think it, i think it caught the situation really well mm-hmm. with all the emotional level and i really love too how like before i don't know if it's before thor comes in or when gore has that awesome kind of creepy scene but when you see all the kids gathered around and they're telling the story of him creating stormbreaker and they're like yeah he, he forged it in the heart of a dying star the same weapon he used to decapitate then i don't know just like was at being the thor fan like it's like i read these books and stuff and like seeing these kids telling the story of thor like i don't know it just like i thought that was really cool and like you said kind of hit me in the heart a little bit it's kind of nice because it it's a good reminder that right like everybody in the mcu as a human isn't isn't necessarily a superhero right but they're still Mm -hmm. impacted by what happens and these are people raised knowing who odinson is right he pops in and out regularly of asgard just like oh hey yeah oh god that's thor that's our guy yeah (laughs) man and and they're they're telling these stories of this person who they've seen right he's Mm -hmm. he's not just this like you know superhero that you imagine from around the world right and and look up to like we do as comic readers he's someone that they know he's this guy in town like holy crap no like of course thor's coming dude Mm -hmm. he he took off thanos's head come on of course he's gonna save us like yeah it's it's kind of nice yeah i love that and i guess that kind of leads us in i want to talk about real quick too can we talk about axel heimdelson because I loved that character. Like, I loved every scene that he was in. And the I really liked the whole banter between them in the beginning with him wanting to be called Axel. And he's like, and he's like, oh, it's an American, it's a singer from Earth, like Axel Rose. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, man. And I do want to say too, which, I mean, I don't, you know, want to speak on anything like this. I'm not part of the... A trans community or anything but I have seen a lot of uh, criticism of people saying that that's like Thor dead naming uh, Axel or uh, I forget what his Asgardian name even was uh, do you, then, if, yeah I can't remember because he's but, Axel yeah exactly but whatever his Asgardian name is and Thor's like you know oh that's a your, your father gave you a strong Viking name and he's like no like my name's Axel To me, again, I don't, you know, I'm not deep into the community, so I do not want to, you know, speak on anyone else's feelings or anything like that. All I want to say about it is just, I, you know, one, I don't think that there was ever any confirmation or any allusion to Axel being uh, trans or, you know, anything like that. And the way that I took it, I guess I just want to add a couple, you know, my two cents to it. I took it more so as a kind of nod and play on when uh people from different cultures come to america like immigrants or or whatnot go uh, go to a different culture and a lot of people you know for different reasons they'll assimilate their name to a more like american sounding name so to me i took it as kind of a nod at at that as like you know this kid from asgard he has this you know weird kind of viking name i mean not weird but for people of earth might seem a little odd so he adopts this you know more earth name as axel and i don't know i thought that was more so what it was trying to allude at i don't think it was necessarily trying to be problematic but again i don't understand the whole depths of that so i don't want to say anyone is wrong or right but like i said that's how i took that scene i took it the same i i come from a family of 
of German immigrants, right? And on both sides of my family and, and Irish with it. And they, you know, there's a, even my father directly grew up feeling the differences because he was raised by his grandparents, right? Mm -hmm. And, and they fled to the States because they were going to be killed because they wouldn't do, you know, all the things wanted of people of German descent at the time in, in Nazi Germany. They were like, no, that's, that's not what we're going to do. That's not what we're about. So we're going to fill our boat full of all these people that we can, and we're going to flee to the States. Mm -hmm. Right. I, my, my great, 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 great grandfather was a, was a sea captain and that was his deal. Right. He's like, nope, we're going to fill the boat with everybody and we're going to head to the States. And when they got here, they, they changed their name like two or three different times, the last name, to sound more American. Mm. And and the yeah. grandparents refused to teach the grandkids German because they didn't want them to have any form of accent, right? They wanted mm. it to sound American, not be picked on, not be bullied or anything, like have assumptions made, right? We want you to sound as American as, as, as you can be, right? Yeah. So it's a, there was this weird dichotomy of where we're from is something that was intentionally left behind to start over in some areas, right? And mm -hmm. it's a, I definitely think there's an interesting story there with immigration and, and how people choose their new names in new countries. And I think you're right on the money there because um, I, I took it the same in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. Not to diminish anyone out there who who's trans and related to that, right? What was going on, or, or felt some some sense sense of it being like, "Hey, that's not cool," because um, mm -hmm. it absolutely wasn't cool that Odinson wasn't like digging it right at first, right? But he didn't mm -hmm. come out of it. I don't think out of a place of like bigotry. He came out of it, I think, out of a place of respect, right? Yeah. You know, your father raised you to be a Viking warrior. We're Vikings. Mm -hmm. And then Axel's like, yes. However, we're Earth Vikings now, yeah. so I chose my Earth name. Like, Which I think a lot of children of, you know, immigrant parents could probably relate to as well. I, I mean, I personally am not, but, you know, my girlfriend is uh, from Bosnia, and I mean, she hasn't changed her name, but, you know, very similar thing. If she were to change her name, I know you know, her dad would be like, you know, you have a strong Bosnian name, like, you know, you should be proud of that name. So I think it's just kind of a similar thing with Thor, like he wasn't trying to be a bigot. He was just, you know, oh, well, Heim you know, Heimdall gave you a strong Viking name. You should be proud of that. But I still, I like seeing the character, though. I think Axel was a great addition because we never saw him before in any of the Thor movies. Mm -mm. Right. He's we never heard mention of him. We did, I think, see what is supposed to be him for a second. If I remember right, Heimdall saving and rescuing at one point in battle right in the middle of the halls and i could be wrong on that i'm i'm maybe i'm, I'm watching sure. all the other thor movies right now <laughs> just to, to be like wait a minute is he there mm -hmm. like i let yeah. me get my magnifying glasses <laughs> out and enhance you know yeah. uh, but i thought it was cool that he'd inherited his father's gift of sight to be able mm -hmm. to see and commune um in in ways and that he was learning to use his power particularly at the end where they do almost a, a Shazam homage, right? And he makes all the kids yes. temporarily mm -hmm. a Thor. Um, oh. You know, I the, the I love that looked like the Yggdrasil from up top coming down, right? The life tree, which mm -hmm. is super symbolic and powerful for them all being, you know, Norse Viking children there. And it, uh, I, I thought it was really cool that now you have, you know, Axel Heindelson with temporary Thor powers just out there getting after it, I definitely think there's a chance that we're going to, I think there's a pretty large chance we're going to see him again in oh, the yeah. MCU. And I think he's going to have a larger role to play because if he's the one with the sight, 
should he not be the one who inherits control and command of the Bifrost? I think for sure. And I'll say too, when he catches a Stormbreaker, when they like make their escape, uh, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but Axel puts the, he takes Stormbreaker, puts it down and he twists it just like how Heimdall would with the sword. So I think that was kind of a slight nod to, oh yeah, Axel is going to be the new, you know, guardian of the Bifrost. And I think that's also why Sif was training him. I mean, they were training all the kids, but I think uh, Korg even specifically says like Axel's picking it up very fast or some something like that. Right. Cap, what did you think of Axel Heimdelson? I um, I really liked him. Whenever he first came on screen, I was a wee bit, a wee bit iffy. I was like, ah, mm-hmm. it's just another annoying kid. But <laughs> as as the film went on, I was, he grew on me. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie, he did. He grew on yeah. me. And, and I um, love too his uh for Asgard that he delivered yeah. that super good. Yes, and the end whenever he was whenever he summoned the Bifrost as well that was uh, probably my favorite part. Oh man, there's so many good parts with him, <laughs> like the the big war cry let out whenever they all turned into many Thors. That mm-hmm. was that shit made me smile. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that part really kind of hit me in in the feels in a special way i think i might have talked about this a little bit on the mcu rewind but i mean you guys both know probably more than most people how i personally have gotten into these conversations before of oh is thor a name is it a title like oh that person can't be thor because of this like this person you know blah 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 so I don't know, to me, like, while it was obviously like a funny kind of moment, like the girl has the teddy bear and all that, to me, it really, like, like you said, it really just put a smile on my face because it was just like, hell yeah, like all these kids can be Thor. All of these kids can be worthy. They can all be powerful. And I think, too, it just was a really great way to, you know, usually more often than not, you know, when kids are in a movie, they're you know have to be saved you know it's like oh like uh what's the like the damsel in distress kind of trope but like with kids you know like they're always powerless and everything and I just thought it was so awesome that you take these kids that were you know captured by gore and are powerless in this cage and then they become powerful and kind of are able to free themselves like yes Thor comes and kind of gives them the power but at the end of the day they're able to save themselves and I don't know, that just like really hit me right here in the heart. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, like they can all be Thor. Everyone's worthy. Like, let's go. So if yeah. Anybody out it. there is like, oh my gosh, how come, you know, if Odinson could do this all along, how come he didn't turn other people into Thor before? Like that could have saved so many battles. And that's a fair criticism. But our friends at MC Rewind pointed out a good deal. Um, that Thor is not like the head god. And the ability to bestow core powers normally comes from the head god and when he did that the lightning was yellow his is normally blue and it's because he was holding zeus's thunderbolt and zeus can as had god be like you use this right that happens mm-hmm. regularly in mythology so i i definitely think they were onto something when they're like yes it was odinson but he did it through use of the thunderbolt for a temporarily moment on it right like it's yeah. i don't think it's a plot hole as i've seen people talk about on twitter mm-hmm. i think it's that they didn't 
that, that that kind of like just glossed over real quick on how it happened. But I definitely yeah. think it has something to do with Thunderbolt more than anything on it, Ryan. I don't think it's something we'll see again. And for mm-hmm. a one-off gag, I thought it was really fun and cool. <laughs> I The teddy bear might have just been humor, but I thought it <laughs> that was, was so, so good. awesome because that girl was so terrified of gore before. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and this will be a great segue for us to go into more gore because you know the Sim fans loving gore and the Necro Sword, um, right? Because he that head of the snake off and threw it, and if I remember right, part of it goes super close to her, and she freaks out in the cage, and then now she's a Thor and just laser blasting him uh, out of her teddy bear. <laughs> I so dope, perfect. So that kind of leads us into let's talk about the main villain of the whole show. Gore the God Butcher, played by none other than Christian Bale, Batman himself. So what did you guys think of Gore? Did, did he meet your expectations? Was he a little underwhelming? Uh, I know Gorgon's got you a lot. You have this first, actually, and I'm going to close out on this one. Yeah, Gorgon's got a lot. We got a lot to get into with the Necro Sword. <laughs> so I want to hear from Cap first. What did you think of Gore, the Necro Sword, how he was portrayed in the film? What did you think? I um I've have a few points on Gore. Um, overall, I liked him. He's great villain. Christian Bale played it fantastically. Mm-hmm. To be expected, really. Um, but at the same time, like it was a wee bit lackluster, just a wee bit, mainly because one, I didn't really like the redesign. Like I think they should have kept some sort of tentacles. Like mm-hmm. yes, stay away from a Voldemort look, but keep the tentacles you know yeah um i could agree with that i think like he was menacing enough he was he truly was a great villain um he played christian bale just played it phenomenally um but at the same time like i don't think he should have died so early i I don't think they should have got rid of him so early Mm -hmm. i wanted to see i just wanted to see more gore you get me I yeah, guess. I mean, I'm, I I'm can't disagree. Greedy. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I'm always a proponent of more gore. I, you know, I can't disagree with more gore. But like yeah, we were talking about before, a gore bomb or something. Yeah, hey, you guys know that I was a strong proponent of the God Bomb. I was on the God Bomb train. Very, very strong. But like I said before, while I do agree with all that, you know, I we got to go back to the original time constraint. You know what I mean? I think a lot of that was unfortunately due to the kind of time constraints that we had on the film. I think if we had, again, another extra 20, 25, you know, even like Gorgon was saying, 30, 45 minutes, we could have really got a lot more gore content and a lot more deeper. Like I said, I think the movie did a good job with condensing all of that. And I mean, God bombs and all that kind of stuff that's easily could be a whole nother movie, you know? So I understand why they left it out and kind of simplified, uh, kind of like Thanos, you know, how, you know, they kind of left the lady death stuff, you know, in the books. It's like, while I, I love that stuff in the books, I also understand that that's a lot of meat to get into in a movie. You get what I mean? It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, was there any mention of Null at all? Like, with the Necro Sword, was there any reference at all? Anything? It, like, I missed the first five minutes of a film. 
Mm-hmm. So they can't oh, okay. You missed a good part. Yeah, so you missed a pretty important – I mean, I wasn't necessarily important, but I'll say they don't outright say, like, null symbiotes or whatever. But I personally think, and I know Gorgon agrees with me, so we'll segue into Gorgon's piece here. I definitely think that they're alluding at either null and or symbiotes, like, 100%. I, again, we just don't know it yet. They're not going to come out the gate with it, but – the seeds have been planted, at least in my opinion. And I'm going to bring it off to Gorgon here because I know that he's going to have a lot more deeper understanding than me. So, Gorgon, tell us why Um, God is coming. Give us all your thoughts on – I want to know, too, like how being the Sim fan and, you know, the child of Noel himself, what did you think of how they depicted the Necrosword and the whole symbiote thing, knowing that we weren't going to get outright symbiotes? How do you think it was handled? So I knew we weren't going to get outright symbiotes because it's far too early to just jump that in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, particularly if Null is coming. And mind you, I'm going to say it again for everybody. God is coming. I'm predicting five to 10 years we have null in the MCU. I think they're laying the foundations down early and widespread because MCU is not 100% for how they're going to get there, but I definitely think it's the goal. I really do. They're laying mm-hmm. the foundations down everywhere. We can see it from the way the the tendrils and stuff um, touch the end of the, the, the sword at the end of Eternals, right, for the Black Knight touching the Ebony Blade, which has been recently added to being connected to Null through the Mythos, through the Black Knight Curse the Ebony Blade Mini. If y'all haven't read that, reader or watchers, listeners out there, please do. Um, it's a fantastic book, uh, and and it's I loved it a lot. Um, but it's it's adjacent for me. I guess I should let's start with with Gore. I really like Christian Bale. I like seeing him play Atheist Bale. Um, I know that joke's a little overplayed, but as you know, as as I the think there's one. a reason Gore's an interesting villain to a lot of people our age, right? Because a lot mm-hmm. of people our age have suffered religious trauma, um, right? I'm I'm 30. You guys are in that range, right? It's our generation suffered a lot of that globally, um, and it's mm-hmm. it's made we are now mathematically the least religious generation in history, right? So with that in mind, the whole idea of someone who spent their life worshiping a god to never have their prayers answered, to just be ignored, to finally meet their gods and their gods be like, no, your purpose is to suffer. I I would do the same thing. I would mm-hmm. do probably the exact same thing is gore and i i know we say like magneto was right right cyclops was right i'm i might be the first person to vocalize it but you know what in a lot of ways gore was right i hey you're in your nick fury area bro i i can't i can't be mad at him gore was right in a lot of ways right like i mm-hmm. if you know you chose and you just chose to be negligent anyway and be like eh, followers can be replaced like you know what you Maybe you should have your right to be a god questioned and called out by someone else. Maybe. Uh, What's the point of all that power if you're not going to use it? With great Mm -hmm. power comes great responsibility. So step up to the plate or step out, you know? Yeah. And Um, I would, would, uh, obviously, I completely agree. And I would argue even, too, in the books, like I just said, you're in your Nick Fury era. For those out there who are not sure what I'm uh, referring to, in the books, the whole reason that Thor became unworthy in the first place was because Nick Fury told him that Gore was right. And that sentence, uh, exactly, that sentence alone 
made Thor unworthy. And I would argue at the end, Gore did win. Like while, you know, Thor defeated Gore and stopped the God bomb in the book, I would say at the end, the end of the day, Gore won because he proved his point that gods are worthless. Gods don't do, you know, basically don't do anything. And that statement alone made Odinson completely unworthy of Vilnir. So I think in the movie, they do it a good job too with, uh, you know, showing that kind of, you know, struggle and, you know, showing uh, Gore's motivation in the film. Again, obviously we don't have the time to get into all the real nuances of it, but I think they did a good job with getting us to kind of sympathize with him. Same. But as for as for symbiotes and null in the MCU, I think the biggest thing is the fact that one, they called the Necrosword the Necrosword. I mm-hmm. sorry, I my my spider cat Peter. I have two cats. I have Peter and Miles. They're named after spider people for a reason. <laughs> this one keeps hopping up. Yeah, this is Pete. Um, I'm gonna have to put him out for a second. Give me just a moment. There you go, spider kitty. Um, <laughs> he wanted a cameo. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the way they handled the Necrosword, right? The fact that they called it that's huge, and then the way they talked about it. And when I say they, I mean Odinson and Valkyrie, when they're telling Jane about it, right? They mentioned mm-hmm. that it came from before time, which is important, because as far as linear times understood in the 616, there's very few beings that predate it. And one of those is Null, who forged the Necrosword out of his earliest children, the symbiote. So right there, they're already acknowledging the age of the sword, that it came from something darker, right, the way it's Mm -hmm. passed down. I think that's important, the way they alluded to it. Um, And then the way it whispered, I think, is important. I was just about to say that the voice, I think the voice itself kind of confirms it to me because it's like, whose voice is it? For Cap, I know you didn't see it, but in the beginning, the sword like speaks to Gore and says like, you know, take me, seek out eternity, like kill all the gods. So that's the part that you missed in that first couple five minutes. Right, 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 right. It's nice. Do not miss yeah. it when you go tonight. The first like 10 minutes of this before the Marvel credits roll in the beginning, the early ones to set you up, in my opinion, is is some of the best gore performance we got. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, But the way it talks to him, I think, is important. Because if y'all read Curse of the Ebony Blade, if you read the Captain America King and Black one shot and see the way Null's trying to get in his head and stuff, that is very much the way Null talks through things that he has a bit of possession over or control into, even if it's the slightest bit, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's important. I definitely think they're laying the Easter eggs for him to come. I like the way they use the shadows. And and it's important to the, remember that what they call it, the the the... Shadow, shadow realm, realm mm-hmm. right it's okay so what is that it's a place where there's absence of color and light so it's darkness yes so it's the void that's where null comes from he is god of the void it's what predated time before the celestials came and carved light and life into the universe through their use of light right mm-hmm. i i definitely think we're seeing things that could allude to null in the future and i i really yeah. do believe God is coming to the MCU, and I'm I'm going to be insufferable about that <laughs> until he is. But they called Cortland Cassidy a madman. 
and he it was did. right. It just <laughs> took time to pay off. He just didn't have the vision at the mm-hmm. time. I have the vision. I do believe <laughs> God is coming to the MCU. I and... set me on fire and had me running naked <laughs> through the woods like I'm Eddie Brock in this island arc, but God is coming. I'm calling it now. Hey, I agree with you, man. Like I said, to me, the voice is like, con- I, obviously, we're not going to, like we said, they're not going to say no yet. And I think, too, there's a lot of background things that are going to need to happen over the next couple years with Marvel and Sony for the symbiote and null thing to come around. But again, it's like, whose voice is it then? Is it just this, like, obviously it's the sword, but, you know, the voice comes from somewhere in my mind. So it's like, it, it's got to be null. Like, how could it not be null? And, but, and as far as like tendrils on gore in his look, I agree a thousand percent. I, Taika's known for taking risk. I, mm-hmm. I think it probably in his mind at the moment seemed riskier to have Bale just go balls deep into this role looking as himself, right? Mm-hmm. I wish that they in some ways would have started him as that. And as he progressed, have it transform him and and look more like the comic version. I think I mm-hmm. would have respected that a lot. Like if if in if we got 30 to 40 more minutes of expose and 15 to 20 of that was focused on gore and as he killed, right? Us seeing it up close and seeing the effects the sword had on him. Mm-hmm. I think the movie would have been perceived better. I think it would have given us a better look at gore, right? There at the end to have him go from being this monstrous thing back to like a more humanoid thing, right? While he's there at eternity. I think would have made it more heartfelt and impactful for the audience in a lot of ways who who didn't have a reason to care for gore, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I think that could have changed a lot for me for the movie. Um, I would have liked it. You know, Christian Bale made a joke in an interview when he was reading it that he's going to Feige and like, oh man, this guy's running around the universe and just a thong out. That's not me, I'm <laughs> not your guy. Like, mm-hmm. okay, but why not, bro? I... Give me some gore cheeks, like Bro. I'm just like I'm just, like, give me some gore cheeks. I say right? we like got I, we got the hems cheeks, so we got to get the bale cheeks, bro. Yeah, like, like let's let's go for it, right? Like why come on, not, Christian? I, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, give me, and I I think the use of the void was very tenderly, right there at the end, uh, in mm. particular when he's in his little void realm, um, shadow realm, however you want to choose to refer to it. I'm just gonna call it the void as a symbiote fan, right? But yep. the the it was very tenderly, very tentacly in the way the things moved and wrapped almost like a cage. Mm-hmm. And I must remind y'all that Clintar is not a species. In their native tongue, Clintar is their word for cage. So for all intensive purposes, in that moment, Gore had them in a clintar and that's important to consider and I'm, I'm gonna hop off my symbiote trail Say, there and the, and the episode as there as watchers to, <laughs> to, to digest and invest in that i just really Mike want y'all to take a moment and consider it that that was a clintar in that moment i love it i love it and i am fully on board god is coming and i'm i'm all here for it but moving on so we talked about gore i got we got to mention the lady of the hour the mighty thor herself natalie portman returning as the mighty thor jane foster 
obviously, again, you guys already know my thoughts about this. And I'll have you guys know that Natalie Portman answered my question on the Ask Marvel whatever. So, you know, we're we're basically best friends now. So, uh, what, <laughs> but what did you guys think of Nat Ports coming back as uh, Mighty Thor? What I, I Cap said, that. Yeah, Cap, let's get your thoughts first. What did you think? I um, wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was, but man, she played that role well. Um, everything about it, just how she portrayed the character was fantastic. Switching from just typical Jane Foster to Mighty Thor. Mm -hmm. Oh man, it was great. I loved it all. Yeah, I agree all around. Well, again, I, you know, there's things that I wish we could have got a little deeper into. I thought that they condensed her arc fairly well. Like I said, obviously there's some other things that, you know, would have been cool to get a little bit more into, maybe a little bit more of her cancers, like showing her battling that. I could, you know, I would have loved to see a little bit more of that. But again, this was a long run that they had to condense into one movie. And I theorized a long time ago that, you know, spoiler alert, that they were going to not necessarily kill her off we'll talk about that later yeah exactly (laughs) but that she would die at the end of this movie so I've always been under the assumption that they were going to condense basically her entire arc as the mighty Thor into this movie so given that kind of tall order I thought they did a great job I thought she was relatable I thought she was funny she was powerful. She was badass. She did some things with Milnir that we have never seen happen before. And I got to say, too, this is my absolute favorite part of the whole movie. The scene where uh, Gore calls her Lady Thor. And she, yeah. I said this on another podcast the other day, but I got to reiterate it for everyone out there when she says, first of all, it's Mighty Thor. And if you can't say Mighty Thor, I'll also accept Dr. Jane Foster. Like that, oh, that scene was so badass. I, my theater wasn't like very reactive. Like I don't think anyone cheered or anything in any part of the movie, but I was like, yeah, when that happened, like I could not contain myself. Again, you guys both know I have gotten into this exact conversation with Uh, plenty of people on the internet in real life i've had this conversation many 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 a times i mean everyone out there you can go look at my pinned tweet on my twitter and it basically says exactly what she says in the film but to see that part in the movie and for her to say that in the movie i was just like the whole the rest of the movie could have had nothing and just had that scene and i would have loved it like i said that part for me was just so badass and then she she does her catchphrase, the eat my hammer. Perfect. I, I freaking loved it. It was good. Yeah. But Gorgon, what did you think? Uh, besides my nerd out moment, what did you I, think of that ports? You know, I, I, so when I 
see these movies, right? I think I called you immediately, but you were in the theater seeing it, right? So I <laughs> sent a message in the group chat. And then immediately, like, my phone rings, and it's uh, it's Jared, right? Um, and, and for those of y'all who, who don't follow Jared on Twitter as comic readers, y'all should. Jared Webb, yes. um, he's, a, he's a great guy, super knowledgeable on comic stuff. But first and foremost, that man is a film expert. That man loves movies and film and cinema. And he has a lot of good things regarding that, he points out. He and I were discussing Jane in particular immediately after, right? And he was... At the moment, if I remember right, he was like, I kind of wanted more of her stuff with the Avengers. Yeah, but mm. this wasn't an Avengers movie. Agreed. This was a Thor movie, right? Yeah. So where would it where would it make sense, right? I think when we're talking about the condensation of a run, it's important to remember, like you pointed out, one, they're doing like seven years of stuff thrown down into one movie. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot. And and two, it's a Thor movie. So there's a whole lot of other stuff of a run that's not going to make it there. Mm. I really think the ending is ambiguous, in my opinion, because it says Thor will return. They don't specify it does what not Thor. say which Thor. Yes. Um, and it is, I think it's important to note that they showed her in Valhalla with Heimdall. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to do that. We as nope. the audience could have just accepted Jane's dead. Mm -hmm. They didn't. They gave us Heimdall there, brought him for a moment. And I think it's important for, for you guys out there who haven't read, for the, those of y'all who do know where this is going, Jane becomes head of the Valkyries yes, um, and, and carry the heroes over from one life to the other and that thing. And, and she repeatedly, as head of the Valkyries, Regularly picks up Mjolnir again for stints, drops Mjolnir and goes back to lead up and down, right? But she maintains where she is now as head of the Valkyries. And I think that's that's important. Mm -hmm. um, I, I definitely think that's something that we might see in the future in the MCU is Jane's return. Maybe oh, not yeah. in store, but yeah. as head of the Valkyries. And, and particularly with the quote-unquote last Valkyrie, right mm -hmm. being there in asgard as its king now living the thing is there must always be a set of valkyries who else yes, is going to you know carry the the heroes over in the same way there must always be a thor mm -hmm. we have if a i thor. can if i can uh put my theory hat on for a second i got i i think you're right on the money here gorgon and i'm gonna say one, she is for sure coming back as Valkyrie, or a Valkyrie. I don't want to say Valkyrie, but I would say, too, I am going to bet my bottom dollar that we are going to get a Valkyrie either show or movie with Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson headlining it. I feel like that's like there's no way that's not going to happen. Like they were so good together in this movie. And I think a lot of the reception, at least I've seen, you know, whether you like or don't like the movie, people love them as characters. So I think it's like easy money to bring them back and have them headline a show or movie together. And then that can also lead into whatever's next for Thor Odinson, like have it, you know, be our kind of in-between point. So I think for sure, Bill. yes, and better Ray Bill. So I think she's for sure going to come back. And I think after her experience on this movie, she's going to be more willing to 
come back and reprise that role more so than ever. And plus two, we were talking about it in the chat. Who can say no to that Marvel money? You know what I mean? Like you can say all you want, but once you get that Marvel bag in front of your face, I think it's pretty, it won't be too hard to bring her back. Who can say more to no to, or who can say no to more Natalie Portman? Not me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's easy money there. Easy money. But yeah, like you said, I think that that was the whole intention of showing her in Asgard was to set her up to come back in the future. I think if she was one and done and we just like, she was not going to come back, we wouldn't have got that Valhalla scene. But the fact that they included that, like I said, in my opinion, just kind of proves like we're for sure going to see her again. And I also do want to throw out too, I thought it was beautiful how, like I said, obviously, I think that they added the Valhalla scene to kind of set her up for the future. But I also just thought it was so beautiful that, you know, we established early on in the movie that you can only go to Valhalla if you die in battle. So like we see Sif is on the battlefield, but the battle's over. So she technically can't go to Valhalla because she survived the battle. Well, we see Jane, Mighty Thor, she does not die in battle. She dies in Odinson's arms. But the reason that she's able to enter Valhalla is because she, she died fighting her battle with cancer. And her battling cancer made her a true warrior. So even though she didn't die in like a physical battle of like a sword piercing her, she died from her fight with cancer, making her a warrior just like anybody else in Asgard. And that's why she was able to go to Valhalla. And I just thought that was such a beautiful kind of moment. I, I feel like some people might like argue that point like, oh, well, you know, technically blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I think that's beautiful. I thought that was great. I like that. I never thought about that before, about the battling with cancer and that mm -hmm. being her ticket into Valhalla. That's, um, that's a new one. I like that. Yeah, because like I said, in the beginning of the movie, we see, like I said, they kind of establish, like, no, you have to die, like, in the battle. Like, again, Sif, was, she was in that battle, but the battle ended. So, like, then she can't go to Valhalla. So, yeah, like I said. they never really specified what kind of battle. Exactly. So like I said, and I, I mean, maybe I'm thinking too much into it. And I, this isn't like my original theory either. I've, you know, I've had this conversation with a couple other people in, you know, numerous different chats. But like I said, I, that's how I took it is like I said, she, you know, she lost her battle with cancer and she fought, you know, she was fighting her cancer this entire time. And you know what, just because it's not a physical person, that doesn't mean that she wasn't fighting. It doesn't mean she's not a warrior. And I think that easily give, gives her access to the uh, halls of Valhalla. No, I get yeah, that. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. I For those of y'all who aren't aware out there too, Taika Waititi watched his mother go through breast cancer um, as, as a kid in a, a very aggressive battle with it. Um, so I, I would not be surprised if that was a hundred percent Taika's intent, right? He mm -hmm. made it clear from the start, we will show that she's struggling with cancer and all that because it's, it's important to him. Yeah. And yeah. So it's, I definitely can get into that theory a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I would say too, you know, just, you know, on personal note too, you know, people who are battling with cancer or, you know, unfortunately, you know, lose that fight with cancer, they are warriors. You know what I mean? They're all warriors and they fight harder than probably anybody will ever have to fight in their life. So like I said, uh, 
I think that's what's really so important and so great about Jane's story is, you know, showing someone like that and showing that they are powerful, like they are a warrior, even though they might, you know, be in this, you know, sick and frail kind of body that doesn't mean that they're not fighting, that they're not still, you know, for lack of a better word, worthy, you know? Tuck, you've seen it twice. You're going for your third time today, right? No, tonight is my second time. Tonight's the second time. So what, other than like not missing the first 10 minutes, what (laughs) is, what is something you're hoping to, to see differently going for your second time on it? Um, I'm actually hoping to pick up on less humor and really indulge in more of the themes, like the main themes. I want I want to try see I have this problem with my first screening of any film. I don't really dive too deep into what's You're more in said. the experience. Yeah, I, I'm just mm-hmm. stuck in the experience. I'm enjoying it for what it is. It's not until after where I really start to pick up that's a nod to such and such this happened that happened you know so i'm really looking forward to picking up on more of the themes what it's referencing stuff like that let me know if you like gore more a second time i'm i feel like a large problem and and you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier with with this is and i have this also with a lot of thor movies don't hate me um but i feel like the thor movies have done have picked incredible villains who shouldn't be solo movie villains, um, particularly with the last two more than the first two, um, for sure. Agreed. With Hela and, yeah. and then with Gore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like if they would have given us a more in-depth look at those two villains, more time with them on their own, right, and watching them develop and grow, that we, we would have... I don't want to say cared more for the villain, right? Because that sounds weird. But yeah, cared cared mm-hmm. more about that villain and, and what's going on with them. It would have added just more depth and more layers. And I, I'm i a big hella fan in the comic. She's incredibly mm-hmm. powerful, that woman. Oh my God, she's terrifying. And when her and Thanos are together, they they should be feared. I think ahead of many, many, many couples and singles within all of Marvel Comics, those two together is beyond terrifying. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Um, I got one and, couple of convincing. When I hear people talk about, well, if Thanos comes back, if Thanos comes back, what do you mean if Thanos comes back? Because the only when. stipulation should be when he comes back, yeah. Ella is right there with him. And mm-hmm. that's happening, right? I, there's so many cool things they could do with with some of these these villains instead of just a single movie. Um, and that's something that I guess no matter how many times I watch Ragnarok and I love Ragnarok so much, it's probably my favorite of all the Thor movies thus far. Oh, I, I just wish we got something to confirm hell is still there. Yeah, and, I and completely agree. I almost wish we got, although like I like the way he died set up for the future and stuff. Mm. I I still feel like two movies or a movie and a show could have done justice for writing off gore more than one movie. And maybe that'll change for you on your second viewing. Mm-hmm. On that note, um, I actually have to shit now because my screening is nine minutes. So. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah, let's get out of here, though. But Let's get out of here. Thanks for this, nerding out, brother. Yes. Thanks for nerding out with us. Cap, as always, it's a pleasure. 
you go enjoy Thanks your second viewing me. and let us know what you come back with on that. And with that, I'll just Will say, do. see you guys next time, right? Yeah. For all of our listeners and viewers out there, thank y'all for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter. Follow Cap later on Twitter to see what his thoughts are after his second viewing at Thor Love and Thunder. We hope you guys all have a banger day. It's been wonderful, guys. See you later. Yeah, this all day.